Get some recipes. Yeah. Yes, sir. I can't believe you've done this. Welcome to the Evolve Podcast, a podcast that explores personal evolution through our choices and overcoming life's challenges. The Evolve community is your ultimate destination for personal growth and evolution. True to form, I'm, I get to continue to be the dumbest person in the room. That's fantastic. Thank you. Did you ever get a, uh, uh, a quantum physical uh, explanation for how to uh, bake a meatloaf from a porn star? Bake a meatloaf from a porn star? All right. Uh, so, Sherry, we like to start our show by asking our guests uh, what is inspiring them. So what's inspiring Sherry Kimball today? Is there music you're listening to? Is there some sort of book you're reading? Is there a person in your life? What's inspiring you? You know, I'd have to say right now, um, my cousin is inspiring me. Okay. She, uh, as everybody kind of knows around me, I'm dealing with cancer right now. Yeah. And her husband is dying of a rare sarcoma. Mm. And through this, she's been just probably the most inspiring person to me, the way that she kind of gives to other people through this, um, the way that she's been there for me, the way she's there for all these other people who have cancer. Um, yesterday was her birthday and it was the one year anniversary of when her, when her um, husband was diagnosed with cancer. And on Facebook, she put it out there. My brother, his wife just got diagnosed with a pretty aggressive cancer. And she put it out there to what she wanted for her birthday was everybody to donate um, to my brother, you know, because wow. he's self-employed and it just kind of exploded. And there was ton of tons of donations for him. And I'm just always inspired by the way she is just living big and paying it forward to other people with cancer. So right now, she was inspiring me yesterday. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, so when we uh, when we finish up the podcast, we're going to have to make sure that we get all that information so that we can help with uh, with that and yeah. make sure that people know what's going on so we can help your inspiration. That's yeah. amazing. She's incredible. Yeah, that's great. And with that, folks, we want to welcome you to another bonus episode of the Evolve Podcast, a podcast that challenges personal evolution through our choices and overcoming the challenges that life throws at us. Coming to you from the state that no one wants to live in, in <laughs> Oberlin, Ohio, is W. Miles Riley. Welcome, Miles. I resemble that remark. Thank you. Yes. And I love how <laughs> earlier when we were talking about it, you tried to make a case that Ohio is right in the middle of quality of life. So thanks for being average. And heading so. <laughs> the Las Vegas chapter of the LeBron James fan club is Casey Mitch Mitchell. <laughs> Welcome, Casey. I don't even know what that means, but I'm here. I'm ready to go. That means you're the biggest fan in your office of LeBron James. And coming to you live <laughs> wow. today. Can I, can, I, can I challenge that, please? Can I challenge that, please? No, we'll put the we'll put that up on the website of what your uh, life or your your chapter of the LeBron James fan club is. You, you have to buy in to that the way I bought into Trump the other day. <laughs> <laughs> you did do a good job of buying into that one. And guys, coming to you live from Trilogy Medical Center in Utah, I am Steve Cutler. I'm excited for this bonus episode. Uh, we are actually recording a different format today. We are live at Trilogy Medical Center, and our guest is Sherry Kimball. Sherry is a nurse practitioner and hormone specialist. We are so excited to have Sherry with us today. Uh, Sherry, we'd love to have you talk to our listeners and tell them a little bit about yourself and how you got into hormone therapy and uh, all of the great things that you do. Absolutely. Thanks for having me here today. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, I have a doctorate nurse practitioner from the University of Utah. So I was trained very medically. Um, I worked primary care for six years. Um, and basically, you know, I saw a lot of women, um, same complaints. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. feel like my hormones are off. I can't lose weight. I don't sleep. Um, tried for six years to figure that out, you know, and treat very kind of medically how I was trained. Um, couldn't figure it all out. Um, started, you know, kind of being a little more aggressive treating with thyroid. Um, and 
interesting kind of several kind of things start happening. Um, I would have a few patients that were being treated with bioidenticals who were doing really well. Um, but then um, a good friend of mine got thyroid cancer. Um, took us kind of several doctors after thyroid cancer to kind of get her feeling better. Um, met with the fourth, basically the fourth doctor. Um, and he really started kind of teaching me more about thyroid um, mm -hmm. and how it works and kind of how we don't have all the answers in traditional medicine um, and how we're kind of treating um, is maybe guided a little bit by big pharma. Um, and he was really kind of guided me that way and kind of opened my eyes to some different things. Um, and that kind of pushed me. Um, and he was kind of funny. He said, Sherry, start looking and reading different things, you know, read the journal articles, read the little articles, you know, look outside the box. Um, and it really kind of put me down the road of um, more kind of functional medicine mm. and found that I could really start getting people feeling better and doing well um, using more, you know, functional medicine. So, yeah. What an amazing journey. What a path. It's a crazy journey. Yeah. So being able to help other, help your friend, help her heal, yeah. learning a lot more from multiple sources. Now for, for people who don't know what hormone replacement therapy is, and you're talking about bioidentical hormones, right? let's kind of give them an overview. What does that, what is that? So bioidentical hormones just means that hormones that you're using are, they're, they're just identical to what our body makes. Um, so, you know, there's synthetic hormones out there. They, they are not what our body makes. Um, just an example is like, there's a medication that's called um, Premarin. It's a synthetic estrogen. It's made from horsesurin. It has 14 types of estrogen our body doesn't make. And Casey, you know all about horsesurin, right? <laughs> Yeah, uh, we, we mass produced it in Cache Valley. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I, I grew up with the horses too. So, you know, very salty I, business. I know all about, all about this, but you know, you have to cut it with tequila. You have to cut it with tequila. Is that what you said? Yeah. yeah. yeah in what, in what you know, our bodies are, you know, our bodies are meant to have that, you know, those different types of estrogen. Yeah. Um, so bioidenticals is just exactly what our body recognizes. Yeah, very cool. So when you think about a bioidentical, it's not necessarily that you're injecting this uh, hormone into the body. Right. It's something that's identical to the hormones that the body has. Um, so let, let's talk a little bit about like who would be a... Who's a typical patient of yours? Who's a candidate for hormone replacement therapy? Here's the fascinating thing to me as I got doing this is that there is no like completely typical patient, right? Um, I have I have people in their 20s who mm. need hormone replacement or who basically need, not even that, but hormone balancing. Because sometimes it's not that they need hormones per se, but we need to do a few things to get things balanced out. Um, oh. yesterday I had one of my favorite clients came in who did, you know, we came in and not, I had not to do me. a little test. another favorite client. <laughs> I just want to clarify. Here, right? No, but I started seeing her when she was 22. Um, and she had had chronic fatigue. She'd had chronic migraines. Um, her weight would go up and down by like sometimes 20 pounds in kind of a two month time period. Wow. And, so, and she'd been struggling with that since she was 12. And she'd seen a ton of other doctors. Doctors would look at her labs and some would say they're fine. Some would say, oh, they're a mess, but they would throw up their hands and say, we don't know what to do with you, you know? And she finally uh, started working with me about two years ago. And the funnest thing was just watching her slowly get balanced out and getting to this place. Like, I mean, she was 22, she wasn't functioning. Um, you know, school was hard, she, you know, wasn't, you know, couldn't hold down a job and she didn't really have any hope for her future. Right. She would say, I don't think I'm going to be able to have kids. I don't think, you know, I can take this, um, internship in New York because I feel so crappy all the time. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And to watch her slowly do better and get everything balanced out to where she took that internship in New York, you know, and talking to her six months ago, she said to me, Sherry, I finally feel so good. I'm afraid to tell my mom because I think I'll jinx it. And I said, and I told her, I said, I said, tell your mom, tell her you feel good. And 
I just, you know, I saw her yesterday and she said, I did tell my mom and she said, Sherry, my mom cried. Wow. And she said, I feel so good and healthy, you know, um, she's, and she said, I finally feel like I could plan that trip to Europe. She said, I finally feel like I can have kids because yeah. I could handle them. What an I don't have any thing. limitations. So, so she's just kind of my example that like, it's not just, you know, older people that you think of, you know, like, you know, people like me that are going through menopause that, you know, are tired and exhausted and can't lose weight. It's also these younger people that are struggling with other issues. Casey fills you on the menopause thing, right? Can I, can I, before we go on, can I ask a question? Yeah. Just because, and the question is, because the word, the word hormones is, is so, it's such a generic term that, you know, everybody knows the word hormones. And Sherry, could you just break down like it's the most foundational hormones that people know about, you know, like, um, I know you've got your thyroid, your adrenals. So could you just kind of run a list of some things that break down the word hormones, like testosterone, estrogen, progesterone, the the, the thyroid. So people have a little idea of what that generic term breaks down to. Yeah, absolutely. So when I talk about hormone therapy, yeah, we're we're talking about thyroid. Um, You're also talking about testosterone, right? With men and women. Testosterone also helps women. Um, You're also talking about things like progesterone and estrogen in women. Um, And then we're also looking at other things like adrenals, right? Your adrenals kick out all of your stress hormones. And right now in our society, we never unplug, right? Um, We've always got our phones. We're tied to our email. We're tied to our work. We're tied to, you know, life, kids, everything. Um, And adrenals are tied to our hypothalamus, our pituitary in the brain. Those kick out tons of our hormones, right? And our adrenals are so critical in keeping balance. And we have to make sure that those are functioning properly. Well, and that's an interesting point. You know, when we, so we live in a totally different world today than our ancestors did, right? right? The, if, if we think back to like caveman era, Mm -hmm. uh, you're pretty calm until you've got to go hunting or until there's uh, the lion that pops out of the brush and is hunting you. And so stress, you know, back in the day was we get this burst of adrenaline, this right. epinephrine and norepinephrine that are kicking in and saying, boom, we got to go. And but then, then you go back to rest. And then we reset. Right? Yeah. right. Now in our day and age, we don't really reset, but at the same time, we don't have those extreme fears. And so it's almost like we're, but it's like we have higher. this, but it's like we have this dull overall fear all right. the time, right? Because yeah. things are always going, we're always connected. We're always, yeah. we're always stressing about things. And to reset those adrenals, you know, we got to have that time where we actually calm down. Right. Yeah. And yeah. we do things, you know, so I always laugh and I'll tell my patients cause I've, you know, we reset that I use supplements to kind of support that, but I'll be like, well, unless you, you know, unplug from your phone, do yoga, meditate, do all these things every day, then we got to kind of, you know, support those adrenal glands. Right. But I think, I see so many young people, like young men in their twenties with testosterone of 200 and I, it's totally adrenal glands yeah, that, yeah. that are dropping that low. Now, let me ask you this, Sherry. So I, when you think about uh, what I've always thought about hormones is that, and what I was taught years ago, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong on this, Absolutely. is that if one gets imbalanced, then you can start to have this cascading effect across all the hormones. Right. Yeah. And, and that's, and a lot of that is because of how the adrenals tie in with the hypothalamus and pituitary in the brain. Okay. They talk to each other. Yeah. So if, if you're knocking one of those out, yeah, it's knocking the other two out. And then, yeah, all of your hormones are getting out of balance. Yeah. I, I had an experience, um, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago where the stress of everything had just continued to, to beat on me and yeah. I wasn't paying attention to it. Yeah. And I, 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 I got to the point where I really just physically had a hard time getting out of bed. Yeah. And I had gone from being active and fit and healthy to where I couldn't get out of bed. And so went to the doctor, they ran a hormone t- panel on me. Um, testosterone was 
almost nothing. Vitamin D was so low, like estrogen had boosted up. And I, and the doctor looked at me and said, well, it's no wonder that you're tired and you're feeling your mood swing up and down and hot and cold, all of these like crazy symptoms. And so we had to put a plan together to get me balanced out and food, sleep, supplementation. And man, I wish back then that I knew about what you do right now, because I think it would have helped me back then. Now, fortunately through lifestyle, uh, I've been able to get into a much better spot, but like you're talking about, there's for most people, it's not feasible to get rid of all of the stressors. The job is there. Kids are there. Um, You got to stay connected because if you're not, then you're going to miss things. And so there are some things. Well, we fear we're going to miss something. Right. Yeah. There's definitely some FOMO going on. But so let's talk a little bit more about what are some of these other symptoms that people experience? If people are, their hormones are out of balance, what are some common symptoms that would make somebody say, hey, it's probably time for me to get checked out? Yeah, I think some of the fascinating stuff with with men, especially, is we don't realize how much testosterone affects everything for men. Mm. So for men, you know, mood is a big one, you know, um, you know, some depression, um, changes in mood changes in sleep, you know, when you're not sleeping very well, um, you know, changes in, in recovery and workout, things like that, especially for men who, who exercise, just not recovering very well. Um, muscle aches and pains, mm. you know, if you're getting increased joint pain, increased muscle pain, that can be a sign that your testosterone is low. Um, also, you know, and then it's libido, sexual function, right? Yeah. But it's for men, it's just not about sexual function. There's so much more that goes into it. Well, I mean, they, it is called a sex hormone for a reason, right? right? But yes, it gives energy, it yeah. gives vitality, it's recovery, it's all of these other things. What about for women? What are some of the common so, symptoms that people should yeah, be checking? For, for my women, you know, a big one is fatigue. And for women, we tend to just we kind of negate ourselves, you mm. know, and a lot of women have had the experience where uh, they go to the doctor and they're tired, they can't lose weight. Um, they feel moody, things like that. And they've just been told they're fine. You know, if everything is kind of like within a range, right. We're told if we're within a range, we're fine. Um, but there's an optimal balance. And a lot of times, um, even what I learned in traditional medicine was if you're within range, you're fine. You know? So if they're within range, they're just told they're fine. And so women will just tell themselves, Oh, it's because I'm getting old. It's, Oh, it's because I have three kids, you know? But no, if, if you're fatigued, if you're not sleeping well, if you're feeling moodier than normal, um, those are things that come get it checked out because there may be a problem and we may need to fix that. Yeah, it's, uh, that blows my mind to think that if somebody's tired, they're not feeling good. Yeah. And then a doctor says, you're fine. So essentially we're just saying, hey, we're no, we know you're not good because you're telling me you're not yeah. good, but I'm going to then tell you that you're good. Well, makes sense. <laughs> right? but, it, but it happens all the time. Like, and, and I feel like, you know, especially women, minorities, they get told this a lot, you know, that, well, you're within range, you're fine. Sleep more, eat better, or you're just getting old, or you have three kids, or it's just menopause. You're going to have to deal with that. Yeah. You know, and it's like, really? So you're just going to have to live like this for the next 40 years. Yeah. You know, I mean, how depressing is that one? Yeah. I'm like, no, you know, I, I was looking at it as like in the year 1900, our life expectancy was what? 40, 47 years. Right. Yeah. Right. So, you know, with medical advancements, what our life expect- expectancy is 76. So we're expected to live half our life feeling like crap, you yes. know, makes no sense. I mean, estradiol in women and men carries glucose across to the brain. So that's how we think, right? When we lose it, our brain goes into ketosis for, for energy. And they've shown that that's when we can, we start to make the little proteins that form those plaques you see in dementia mm. and Alzheimer's. Okay. So there's lots of studies in the last five years showing how essential um, some of those hor- hormones are for, you know, like cognition. And I'm like, I want to be able to think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want to be able to think in my old age, you know? So 
it's just fascinating when you learn what all the hormones do, why we need them as we age. That's amazing. I didn't know that about estradiol. Yeah. So if, if estradiol is going down, yep. we're not going to be able to, we're not carrying glucose into our brain. Yeah. It starts going to ketosis, puts wow. us at higher risk for dementia and Alzheimer's. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. What are some other, um, what else, I guess? I mean, obviously we've talked about low energy. We've talked about that yeah. if estradiol is low, you're not going to get uh, sugar to the brain. What are some other symptoms or some other fascinating things? Well, yeah. So with that, you know, with that, you're noticing your know, brain fog. You feel like you can't think very clearly, yeah. um, you know, or, you know, with women, the typical menopause, they have hot flashes, night sweats. Um, but I feel like some of my men, you know, they've talked about kind of menopause, right? Yeah, but medical community term. doesn't jump on that because men, we don't, men don't want to be labeled as having anything, right? Sure. We're too tough. But you do get that <laughs> menopause, right? Yeah. And so even men will kind of get, start getting a few like hot flashes, that kind of thing, or night sweats when they're, when their hormones are going low, you know? So what, Hey, uh, hey, you don't know anything about me. Stop talking. You don't know <laughs> nothing about me. See, I got briefed beforehand. I was told to go over that for you, Miles. <laughs> <laughs> Steve told me, talk about menopause. That's why you don't wear shirts very often, right? <laughs> well, yeah. And testosterone, that affects body fat. So in men, when you, your body's changing too. And sometimes that's a sign that you need testosterone because your body fat is shifting. And women, same thing. If you're, you're fat, if your weight is now in a different place on your body, it's probably hormonal. So Casey, when, when your wife calls you a fathead, <laughs> giving you an indication that you need some testosterone. So things have shifted. Things have shifted. Yeah. Usually not to your head, but <laughs> I think, I think that's uh you know, we've talked about uh, playing around with this idea of creating a new t-shirt with uh uh, certain sayings that come from episodes things have shifted that's the one yeah <laughs> Is that no things have shifted things have shifted <laughs> things have shifted things then, have shifted but i'll tell you the thing i love about it is i feel like when you can get hormones balanced you know i look at the whole person and hormones can affect your your cholesterol they can you know they in, increase your good cholesterol they lower your bad cholesterol and I take a look at the whole picture, um, the whole patient, um, insulin, glucose levels, all of those things. And I feel like the difference between when I did, did traditional primary care versus what I do now is I'm able to get the whole person that feeling better. I'm able mm -hmm. to get, I'm able to get my patients healthy. You know, I'm able to get cholesterol numbers good. I'm able to get insulin and glucose levels good. I'm able to get them feeling good, um, you know, emotionally, psychologically, um, you know, you get, I always tell my patients, first, we get your energy good. When we get your energy good, you usually feel like eating better. And when you feel like eating better, then you feel like exercising. And so when I first started this, you know, with my colleagues that I went to school with, right, we all have doctor degrees. And I was a little bit kind of, you know, nervous to go, yeah, I'm kind of doing hormone therapy, you know, I'd yeah. be kind of a little nervous. And now I'm like, when I see them and they ask me, I'm like, yeah, I do hormone replacement. And guess what? I love it. My patients are healthy. They feel good. You know, I'm able to get them feeling better ways that I couldn't do when I was practicing just traditional medicine. You know? Yeah, it's amazing to think about. Like, I love how you're talking about uh, insulin and blood sugar, because, mm -hmm. you know, that was... 20 years ago, when I got into the health and wellness scene, uh, yeah. that was really, there was, there was a lot of information out there about how do you regulate blood sugar and, you know, this whole idea of eating a certain way to do that and preventing these insulin spikes and drops. And, right. you know, when your hormones are balanced out, you tend to re regulate your blood sugar and your insulin better, right. which means you're going to have just consistent energy. You're not going to have these highs and lows because yeah. it's not normal for a human being 
to have highs and lows of energy and feel like you just need to take a nap midday. Right. That's not a normal thing. No. Even though a lot of Americans go through that, and I'm sure people across the world do, but we know right. for, for a fact that a lot of Americans do that. That's not a normal thing. Your body should not feel like it needs to take a nap midday right. based on the workload that we put out. It feels good though. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I'm not against yeah. them. <laughs> Thanks for waking up to make that comment, Casey. You kick back on one here in a minute. You guys are yeah. <laughs> It looks like you could take a nice nap there in your office. That's great. So but sure. a lot of us can't take naps in the afternoon, right? No. Yeah. Our schedule yeah. just doesn't allow us to. So no, you're right. making sure that we feel well enough to not have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about hormones and what, what they regulate. What are some signs and symptoms that somebody might be off? Let's talk about treatment options. Yeah. So when people, um, you, you go through, you run some blood work on somebody, mm -hmm. right? You, yep. you determine from that whole person, like you were talking yep. about, looking at lifestyle factors, looking at their blood work, you determine that they are low in some areas, high in others. What are options? What, what, do you, what, what are some typical treatment options that you go through with people? Yeah, so I always look at, yeah, I'm looking at the whole picture. I'm looking at you know, risk factors, cardiac labs, different things. And I always am very individual with each patient um, because there's, you can do creams to replace hormones. You can do injections to replace hormones and you can do pellets. Um, pellets are, are the little, um, they're just little tiny tablets that are placed underneath um, the skin, like the upper outer bum. Um, and you only have to replace those in women every three months, men are every six months. So I have a lot of patients that love those because you don't have to think, you don't have to think about it. Yeah. We just put them in, they're done. Well, one of the things I've read about pellets is that um, they are, they're slow release, like you're talking yep. about, but they're also regulated in terms of the release by a person's activity level right. as well, right? Yeah, your body tends to pull from them what it needs. And so um, it's it's a fairly smooth kind of release. Yeah. But if you are more active, your body will pull more from those, especially on testosterone in men. Yeah, because you're more active and your body right. needs more. Right. Exactly. So that's one of the benefits of somebody doing pellets is that if your activity level is moderate, then you're probably going to get a moderate release. Your activity level is high. You're going to get a higher release to it's going to pull help more. out and yeah. pull more. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, injections, creams, pellets, pellets tend to be fairly, fairly stable fairly with what even, the yeah even kill even. with yep. what the body. You still have needs. to do lab work on all any one any one of these. You sure. do lab work in between and kind of you have to adjust because all of our bodies are different, right? And we all absorb absorb differently, and so we adjust it. And so it's always a process. I tell people you know, when we start this, it's always a process to get you balanced. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's not ever a one and done <laughs> yeah, to well, get to like the right any, level. Anything with the body, right? right? It's a constantly moving yeah. thing. And adjusting. Yeah. 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 I love that. So one of the phrases I've heard you say is that you are healing with hormones. I love yeah. that. Not just because it's cool alliteration, right? but um, talk a little bit about that idea yeah. of healing with hormones. Well, Steve and I've talked a little bit about this. Um, when I was kind of thinking through my practice, right, especially thinking through cancer and everything I've been through and, and how is my practice kind of different from a lot of other people who maybe do hormone replacement. And it's really, for me, it is, it's about, I think back about all the patients I see and what I do. And I always say, I adore my patients, you know, I care about them and I just had so much of my experiences about what I do is more than just hormone replacement. It's about helping people um, heal and move forward. And so I was like, I really feel like my practice is about healing with hormones. Um, it's about the whole person. It's about figuring out what they need and helping them, meeting them where they are and then helping them move forward. Um, and so I feel like, um, it, for me, it really is a healing process with people. And sometimes that's, you know, very much emotional with them. Mm -hmm. um, and, but just being very, I, I think, that's why I always say taking the time to listen to people and find out where they're at and what they need. And I always tell them there's no judgment. 
when we're in that room together and figuring out, you know, I am talking to them, you know, I'll tell them here are all your options and, and you tell me where your life's at, you know, yeah, yeah. if you don't feel like you can change, you know, your diet right now, if you feel like you need a pill instead, then we'll do the pill for right now, you know? Um, but just meeting them where they're at, you know, and yeah. I've just seen like these really amazing things happen with my, with my patients where their lives change, you know? I've heard that too. Um, it, it's just, it's amazing to hear the stories that people mm -hmm. talk about, because when we talk about healing, you're talking yeah. about that there's an emotional component. There's a mental component. People mm -hmm. are functioning better. They think right. better. They feel better. Um, and all of a sudden they've got this vitality and this yeah. energy to go do the things that they want to do. You know, we had a recent short episode where we talked about what does physical wealth look like? And yeah. one of the things that Casey pointed out is for him, physical wealth in his life is he wants to be able to get out and, and just keep up with his kids, whatever his kids are yeah. doing. Um, Casey, your daughter is competing in Olympic lifting, right? Yeah. She is. Yeah. So you can still Olympic lift and yeah. do all of that kind of stuff. And right. that's amazing. Yeah. And yeah. you're, how old are you now? 75. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> and what are you, 48? Oh, a 48. 48. And to, at 48 years old? 75. <laughs> it's just a gray beard. I'm just laughing. It's a gray beard. Yeah. Um, but, but at 48, being able to do that and to keep up with, uh, with your daughter and do some Olympic lifting, it's just, that's awesome. And I think that, that when we think about this healing process, mm -hmm. it's sometimes when people hear the word healing, it's like, oh, I got a boo-boo. Now I'm healed from that. Or I hurt my knee and now I'm healed from it. No, it's this. There's so much yeah, more. It's just about this. I think more to me, this holistic approach, because for me, it's seeing my, my clients go from, you know, one of you know, my other dramatic ones, um, you know, was suicidal. Um, and she had been on 35 different antidepressants. Wow. She had been hospitalized 20 times in, in like 20, in the 20 years that she'd been married. Um, and this is one of my first clients I ever, you know, started with. And, um, and, you know, I, I talked with her and her husband and, um, and I said, you know, I'll see what I can do, but I, I can't guarantee you anything. Right. And you know, the drill, if she's suicidal, you take her to the ER and get her evaluated. Yeah. Um, and then I saw two, two weeks later, um, her husband came in and we FaceTimed because she, he'd sent her out of state to her parents. Um, and she had been hospitalized for a couple of days and we went over what I thought, you know, we could balance out. Um, and I usually see him back in, you know, 12 weeks, right. Mm -hmm. Um, about eight weeks later, my colleague came to my office and he said, do you remember the gal that you FaceTimed with? And I said, yeah. And he's, he said, well, um, her husband was in today and he was in tears. He said, she's doing the best she's ever done wow. in 20 years. And she's coming home next week. And I saw her about two weeks later and I wouldn't have recognized her. She was bright. She was happy. She was clear. Um, and she just said, Sherry, I feel the best I've ever felt in my life. I feel like I can think through things, not reacting to my kids, you know, and I watched her over the last couple of years and, you know, she's, she's out, she's out with her kids. She's living. Um, she's, a, um, you know, I don't want to give too much about her away, but she's out there creating again yeah and she hadn't been awesome. creating and she's doing fabulous and to just watch that to me is that was one of the first ones that made me go yeah i'm doing the right thing yeah it's really life-changing yeah there is some healing there yeah now staying on the topic of healing but i do want to shift just a little yep. bit you have gone through some challenges uh <laughs> lately to to put it mildly yes and you are um you're you're a fighter you are battling <laughs> Um, cancer. Yes, right I am. So let's talk a little bit about um, your healing process and yeah. what you're going through. Absolutely. Um, I, I love the, the head wrap today, by the way. It's <laughs> awesome. You. Uh, you always have great ones. But Thank you. Today is, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big <laughs> fan of this one. Of my sass. Yes. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that. Um, you were sure. diagnosed a few months ago. Yeah. With? I was diagnosed with um, brain cancer. And I would say I won the brain cancer lottery. 
Um, I got the best type of brain cancer you can get. Um, about 68% are still alive at 10 years. Um, but it's inoperable. Yeah. You know, so um, ultimately it's terminal. And so the goal is just to keep it as small as we can for as long as we can. Um, and I laugh because, you know, I have grandbabies that still need crazy Nana stories. <laughs> they got to remember <laughs> the crazy yeah. Nana stories. Yeah. Um, and so, and then I started, uh, you know, you know, six weeks of chemo and radiation, uh, February 1st. And then I've got, um, my doctor informed me that it'll be 12 months of chemo, five wow. days, five days of five days, every month of chemo, um, which was a double dub. They double the dose from what I was on during radiation, which was news to me. That was entertaining. Um, yeah. So I've kind of been going through some things, but, um, it's been really interesting. Like people ask me, you know, like how, you know, how's it going or, you know, things like that. And I worked part-time through all of it. Um, Steve and everybody here was really great to just let me, you know, do a part-time schedule. Um, but I tell everybody, like, it's been really fascinating how it just kind of wakes you up a little bit, you know, and just reminds you to live with intention, you know, Yeah. because I just think that it's like, you, you, we could die tomorrow in a car crash. Right. Um, we're not guaranteed another day, but I feel like I haven't gotten anything negative from cancer at this point. You know, I feel like my relationships are better. You know, um, I, I tell everybody the story, like the one I can tell you the best is, um, I have had a rocky relationship with my oldest son and his wife. And like 10 years ago, if you told me I would get to a point where I could tell you that I absolutely love my daughter-in-law, I would tell you you're up in the night. Mm. Like we didn't talk for three years, um, but like I, you know, through everything through cancer, like I'm at this point where I absolutely love her. I think she is amazing. And, you know, I think about like working and people go, how did you work through it? And I'm like, because I love my patients and I loved focusing on something else. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And so I just feel like um, it's, you know, focusing on something else was so helpful to me, you know, and radiation was like the highlight of my day. Cause I would go up there and I made friends with everybody at radiation. Mm. And when you would go into the waiting room, when I first week, all the women are really quiet, right. In the waiting room, everybody's getting radiation. And it was like this really kind of sad, morbid kind of thing. And after the first week, I was like, screw that. My, <laughs> We're changing it. My goal was to make everybody talk every time. So I would go in there and I would ask people, I'd be like, Hey, how you doing? And you know, people say fine. And I go, I'm not, man, I'm nauseated today or my hair's falling out or whatever, you know, yeah, yeah. and I would get them talking and then I get them laughing. And so then when my radiation team would come to get me, they started noticing that every time they came to get me, the whole room was talking and laughing, you know? So then it, I got to be known around radiation as the little bright ray of sunshine nice. because I'd laugh and talk to them and then I'd go and laugh and get the room going. No, yeah, no surprise. Right. No. And I was just like, no, this is going to be a fun thing. And so, you know, my husband and I would play 80s music on the way up and I would dance in the car. Nice. And he'd call me white girl, you know, dance like a white girl. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm a white girl. And that's the only way I know how to dance. But Casey's a yeah, white girl too. You know, but really I just found that, you know, <laughs> you do really good white girl dancing. That's right. Casey. Right? Yeah. How old are we supposed to dance? Yeah, I grew up in Utah, you know. Yeah. Throw on a little culture club and let it rip. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I gotta put my two cents in this because I'm just so sick of this. I'm sick, sick, sick to my stomach with this. You don't know how to dance white like girl dance oh. thing. I come from I come from New York City right? where white girls dance their asses off. They are dancers. That's right? my point. That's my that's, they, that's they my dance. point. That's... This myth of the there's two myths that I'm gonna collapse. The myth of the white guy can't jump and right? the white girl can't dance. Right. Because the white guys out there are jumping their asses off and the white girls are dancing their asses off. And you guys need to get your asses out and find these people so you can stop spreading <laughs> this motherfucking myth. <laughs> right. So then did you get dunked on by a lot of white guys when you were playing uh, college ball? That's my question. 
Hey, all I can tell you is I've been dunked on. <laughs> right. Been dunked on, but you didn't answer my question. Did you get dunked on by a lot of white guys? Absolutely, yes. you did. No, not a lot because remember my age. They weren't dunking a lot then. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But and 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 if you ask you the other laid, question, you got laid up I, on a lot, Mike. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I used to have. I used to have the same kind of attitude when it came to white girls dancing. You get in the club and you think you're going to take a white girl on the dance floor and teach her how to dance. And the next thing you know, you're standing there looking at her going, God damn, you can dance. <laughs> get my notepad so, out. But you remember the episode of Chappelle where he uh, he's driving in the car and he looks over. He's like, what is this white girl dancing? And he, he throws her out and then uh, the black girl gets in the car. You remember that episode? Right. Yeah, I do. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, so everybody, Cherry was doing a white, all, white girl dance on the way up. Yeah. Hey, yeah. all white women are not Elaine Bennis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're not doing the Elaine. So, yeah. Sherry, it's interesting. You're talking about and there. There's one thing that really stood out to me, and you're talking about how cancer. You haven't had anything bad come from cancer. I read a book a while back uh, by the Dalai Lama. And it was all about death and dying. Yeah. And when I picked up the book, I read, you know, kind of the, the cover and the jacket notes. And I thought, yeah. oh, this would be really interesting. I bring it home. My wife looks at me and goes, what are you doing? <laughs> right. What, what is this morbid book you're reading? It, but it wasn't. But, no, right? it wasn't. It was actually yeah. very beautiful. He had written a book on what, what death and dying does to a person when we really accept the fact that we are going to be dying at some point. Yeah. We have mortality. Then we live differently. Right. And if we visualize what death is going to look like, and we understand that there is a finite time that we're going to be on this earth, right. then we go backwards and we live in a different way. Right. And the premise of it was that, you know, in, in, in his religion, there, there's this idea that you die and then you get reincarnated. Right. And he goes, but I don't even want you to think about that, essentially. I want right. you to think about death. Right. And then work your way backwards from there. And then you're going to live different. Right. And I read that book. And I'll tell you, it changed my perspective yeah. um, on how I live. Right. And when you come to that realization. So my question is, when, when you got the diagnosis and they yeah. told you that, hey, this cancer is terminal, we yeah. don't know if it's going to be five years or 10 years right. or what it is. Talk about the shift that happened inside of you. When you say that you didn't get anything bad from it, what, what happened internally that gave you this attitude that you have? Well, I think for me, I had a little bit of kind of like a warning, right? I, I knew I had this tumor for seven years. And when I first got it, they told me it was cancer. And then they backed off that because when they checked it every three months, it changed. We went 18 months and it, you know, kept not changing. And so, but I think in, deep down, I kind of knew. And then when it was changing this kind last intuitively. time, yeah, intuitively, it kind of yeah. in my gut was like, mm, it's going to change at some point. Yeah. Um, so it, it wasn't as big of a shock probably as it is to some people. Right. Gotcha. So, so you weren't sitting there like Arnold on uh, yeah. kindergarten cops and it's not a tumor. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was like, eh, I was kind of prepared for it, but, <laughs> but it does, it does kind of shift you and yeah. it just, but it just reminds you to live your life and to enjoy every moment, you know, and to, you know, do the birthday parties, do the get togethers, um, make sure that, you know, the grandbabies have the Nana moments, you know? Yeah. Um, but to, to appreciate everything, you know, like to live in gratitude, you know, because sometimes we get out of that. Yeah. And so for me, it just was like, reminded me to live bigger. I mean, that's how I, I don't know how to explain it best. My cousin that I told you that inspires me, she writes about cancer on Facebook mm. and, you know, her and her family have, have had to live bigger. Right. Um, Cause he was given a year. Right. Um, but it's this living bigger. It's, you know, more emotion. If you feel something, say it, you know, if, you know, so I noticed if I was telling somebody how much I adored my daughter-in-law, it was like, I need to tell her, Yeah, you know, yeah. so it was telling her if I feel something for somebody, tell them, you know, um, even on the street, like I was on the beach last week and, you know, um, I always admire curvy women in two pieces, you know, mm. walk down the beach and said, Hey, you're rocking that. There yeah, you go. Awesome. You know, it's those kind of things just 
you know, living bigger, loving bigger, you know? Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I think that far too often, from my observation, there's a couple of things that, that far too many people accept in life. And one, it's living smaller. Yeah. And two, it's trying to throw, you know, like how fabric softener makes our clothes soft. Yeah. It's throwing softeners into how they live. Meaning that if you feel angry, well, I'm not, I'm going to depress that a little bit yeah. and not really feel that anger. Yeah. Or if I feel sad, I'm going to depress that a little no, bit. Feel it. I'm going to soften it. Yeah. Right. I'm and you. that never does good. If it, it, when, when you throw softeners into your life, then you're never really re- living that rich life yeah. and you're living something that is, I wouldn't necessarily say a lie, but it's not your full and complete no, self. You're, stu- right? you're stuffing feelings, right? Yeah. And I was a good stuffer long ago, you mm. know, and I had to, I had to do a lot of work to get out of that. Um, but you got to feel it right. You yeah. know, and not that I haven't had moments that, you know, were hard or sad or that, That's you know, life. went in the bathroom yeah. and cried, but, but overall I look at it and I think I, I've just gotten good things out of it so far, you know, I yeah. mean, the sucky stuff is the sucky stuff, but so what, you know, right. If I'm able to live bigger and love bigger, you know, yeah. and, and do those things because even I had, you know, cause when I had the tumor, I, I, w- I would say that all the time, like I could get hit by a bus tomorrow. So I'm not going to worry about it. Right. Yeah. But I had gotten in that rut where I wasn't living bigger. You know, mm-hmm. I wasn't loving bigger. I was, you know, and so I feel like, well, kick me out of that, you know? Yeah, it's I'm, a, I'm happy for that. Just beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. At a friend, we were at a uh, funeral of a, of a mutual friend of ours and he got up and spoke and he said, you know, one of the things I've learned about life is that the longer we live, the uglier it gets, <laughs> but then the, also the more beautiful it gets. Right. And it's almost like we have to see and live through both extremes in right. order to appreciate both yeah. extremes. So I think if there is one message out of this episode that we're doing, it's live bigger. Yeah. Get out there. Love bigger. Yeah. Be yourself. Be as bold and beautiful as you can because you never know. And there are are choices. There are options in life that if you're living a muted life, if you're living a life where there's a lot of softeners in there, um, even if somebody tells you that you're okay and you know that you're not okay... search for those answers and let's figure out what that's going to take. So um, I love, I love this message and I love this conversation. And um, so for our listeners of the podcast that may not know uh, me and may not know my background. So one of the things that I'm involved in and have been for uh, well over a decade is uh, we have uh, in our family, a foundation called the Samaritan foundation and uh, the Samaritan Foundation has committed that in the, uh, the month of May, we are starting a fundraiser to help uh, Sherry uh, gather some money to pay for these medical bills. Uh, for a lot of people that don't know, uh, many people that go bankrupt in America, and I'm not saying that Sherry is bankrupt, <laughs> but I'm saying that many people that go bankrupt in America, they do so because of medical bills and they pile on. Uh, so the Samaritan Foundation that we run are doing a, fa- a, 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 a drive through the month of May to help uh, Sherry and Doug. And so uh, we're putting it out here on the podcast that if you are interested in uh, donating and being a part of that, uh, reach out to me personally and I'll get you the information. Uh, we're going to help Sherry battle this cancer and make sure that she can live big. So Sherry, we want to thank you for coming on to the podcast today. I mean, it's been an honor to have you talk about hormones and healing and the, um, and, and your personal journey that you've gone through. Thanks for having me. And yeah. I appreciate your help. Yeah, we are, we are really excited to uh, see where we can go from here. And we're reaching out to you, our listeners, to, uh, to, to get involved and to help us out. And on that note, folks, it's time for us to wrap up another Evolve bonus podcast. I want to thank our guest, Sherry Kimball, and my co-hosts, the man who is living in the state that no one cares about and that no one wants to live in, W. Miles Riley, and Casey, I'm still asleep at my desk in Las Vegas. Uh, Thanks, guys, for joining us today. 
we've had a great conversation today and we hope that you, our listeners, have taken something that is going to help you in your personal life. Uh, Sherry, if people want to find out more about hormones, they want to ask you questions, they love what you've had to say, what's the best place for them to contact you? How do they get a hold of you? You can contact me at Trilogy Medical Center. You okay. can also contact me on my Instagram. And the Instagram handle is? Sherry at Trilogy Med. Great. So it's S-H-A-R-I. And we'll get all of that information in the uh, podcast notes. So if you have any questions there, we'll also put the uh, phone number and the email address uh, for people to get a hold of you and yep. uh, ask you any great. questions. Um, Casey, how do people stay connected with us at Evolve? Yes, stay connected. I want to just mention one thing. Um, yeah. I love what you said about, you, you said something earlier and I wrote it down, live with intention. And if anything encompasses what the Evolve podcast is about, it's to live your life with intention. Because if you're not, you're not evolving. And so I love that. So come live with intention with us and evolve with us. Join us on our journey. See us at and, and comment with us at evolve-cast.com. And then also follow us, like us, uh, talk to us, and engage with us at on Instagram at evolve underscore cast. Come join with us. Awesome. Thank you. And Miles, uh, I love that you put a shirt on for today's episode. So how do people look and uh, be as amazing as you are despite living in Ohio? Well, I have this shirt on today because all my other evolve um, shirts are being washed as I, actually as we speak. Which means that I need to, which means that I need to go on and get some more gear so that I have gear every day of the week. So jump on over to our shop, pick up the t-shirts, the sweatshirts. We've got great sayings on all of them. Um, what we are, we're going to do is I'm going to talk to Steve and we are going to try to put together a contest to involve you guys so that after each podcast, whatever the guests say that we think would ring true or really ring wonderful on a shirt we'll start adding that on and you guys will chime in and tell us which sayings that you think are the best depending on the guest so get on over to the shop and look out for this upcoming contest where we will be doing this you pick our next shirt i got and one I, I got one steve loves ohio <laughs> thank you <laughs> and guys, for the month of May, any purchases that we uh, get on our shop, we are going to take 100% uh, of the proceeds and donate them to the foundation that will go directly to Sherry. Uh, so please jump on the shop, uh, get your gear on there, and everything that we get in the month of May is going to go directly to helping Sherry pay for these uh, for the cancer bills. Uh, so thank you, our listeners, uh, to jumping on and listening to another episode of the Evolve Podcast, a podcast that challenges personal evolution through our choices and overcoming the challenges that life throws at us. And now it's time for you to get out there and evolve. And evolve. Thanks for listening to this bonus episode. If you want to get involved and help Sherry battle cancer, you can do it in two different ways. Shoot me a message at Steve Cutler underscore on Instagram or at evolve underscore cast. Also, if you go to our website, we've added two new clothing pieces to honor Sherry and to help her. And like we talked about, all proceeds from the sales that we have in the month of May will go to help Sherry battle cancer.